that have been preached on Sunday night uh, on the subject of the mindsets of the last days. And uh, listen, folks, if you've ever thought to yourself, I wonder if, uh, you know, uh, what the world's going to look like, and when this thing's almost over, we'll just look around, amen, because uh, we are living in those times, not because I say so, but because the Bible says so, amen. Uh, the Bible says this know also in the last days. And so there are certain things that as Christians we need to know, amen. We need to be spiritually aware, aware of what's going on around us. And we need to know that for two different reasons. We need to know it, first of all, so that um, we can uh, uh, be able to help people and un people understand what's going on. But the number two, we need to know so to keep us keep okay. us from sliding away. Keep us. Well, remember something. Part of the last days, the Bible talks about a great falling away. Uh, people uh, falling away from the faith. And uh, I don't want that to be said of myself. I don't want that to be said of our church here. So I'm, I'm giving you these things to help you. So Romans chapter 1 is where we're at. Uh, if you find your place, stand with me. And we're going to read two verses tonight. And then uh, we'll do a little bit of review and then we'll get right into the message. We're going to look at verse 26 and verse 27 of Romans chapter 1. The Bible says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. Let's pray. Lord, I ask you to meet with us tonight. Lord, I pray that you would uh, help us, Lord. I pray you would speak to us, God. Bless the preaching of your word. And Lord, I pray that the message, Lord, uh, would uh, help us as Christians to... <clears throat> solidify, Lord, our faith in you, and solidify our faith in your word. And Lord, help us, Lord, to be equipped and to be able to reach as many people for you as we can. We love you, we thank you, we ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, man. Now, we've been looking at, uh, there in Romans chapter 1, uh, the different um, uh, steps, if you will, or the progression uh, that is what we would consider, or what the Bible considers, uh, is the degradation of a society. And uh, we see that here mentioned. And the first thing we talked about several weeks ago, uh, the first uh, mindset we looked at in verse 18 was that of atheism, uh, where it talks about how that they hold the truth in unrighteousness. And the fact that the uh, people claim that there is no God. And truth be told, the reason they claim there is no God is because they want to be their own God. And uh, so atheism, and then we looked at evolution, verse 22 and 23. Then we looked at verse 24, immorality. Verse 25, humanism. And of course, uh, that was the last one we talked about a couple weeks ago. And uh, again, humanism is simply the belief that I am my own God. And uh, no one has a right to define for me what is right. Uh, truth is offensive. Truth is what I want it to be. Well, listen, folks, uh, you, you know, you can believe anything you want because God gives you free will. But just because you believe something doesn't mean it's true. Amen? And uh, there is uh, absolute truth in this world. Right. And that absolute right. truth yep. is found within the principles of God and His Word. Amen. And uh, listen, you can be relative in your thinking if you want. But listen, as Bible-believing Christians, we need to be absolute in our belief system. And that absolute truth comes from God and His Word. Amen. Now, here's the problem with the, the steps we've looked at. Atheism, evolution, immorality, humanism is listen, folks, this thing keeps going down, down, down. And it keeps getting to a place where eventually we're going to talk about, Lord willing, next time we meet, and that is the reprobate lifestyle. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, folks, you get to that place, that is dangerous ground to be on. In fact, the Bible says, and I'm going to steal a little bit of what I'm going to talk about, God gives them up to a reprobate mind. By the way, there are certain lines that you cross with God, there's no coming back from. And you get to the point where God gives you up to a reprobate mind, truth be told, that person hope is lost for them. Okay, and we'll get to that next time, because I want to talk about what we read in verse 26 and 27. And listen, folks, what I'm going to talk about tonight, um, I've preached on it before. I'm not afraid to preach about it. Uh, we're live streaming this message. Amen. We ain't taking it offline. This may be the uh, one that gets us banned, but I don't care. Amen. Put me in Facebook jail if you want to put me in Facebook jail. But I'm preaching the Word of God. Listen, Facebook live stream is just icing on the cake. Okay, if we don't get there's I guarantee there'll come a day where we won't be able to do it, amen. But that's okay, all right. I'm not changing my preaching just to appease a bunch of idiots online, amen. And I'm talking about the people that that you know uh, babysit all this stuff, all right. It's amazing, everybody wants freedom of speech to spew their garbage and their perversion, but when you start speaking truth, all of a sudden, freedom of speech goes out the door, amen? That's another thing for another time. But here's what we're preaching on tonight, the last day mindset of homosexuality. Homosexuality. And uh, I'm just going to tell you tonight, listen folks, I'm not going to get real opinionated, because it's not my opinion that matters, it's God's opinion. I'm just going to preach what the Bible has to say about it. And listen to me, we need to not be afraid to stand where God stands on this. It is everywhere. Everywhere. Okay? It's before you, years ago, it was something that was, uh, people were, it was involved in. By the way, this has always been around. And when I say it's a last day mindset, I'm not talking about it's just a sin that's here in the last day. All these sins we've talked about have always been around. But let me tell you what's happening. A prevalence of these sins. A, a public gratification where people publicly, unashamed, commit these sins. Right. And all this stuff, folks, is coming to a head. And so I'm not preaching tonight my opinion. I'm preaching the Word of God. Yes, Amen? And I always want to say this, and as I preach this, to preface this, okay? Because let me tell you, there's some people that go on the other side of this, and, uh, you know, they, they, they want to uh, literally spew hate, Okay? They want to, you know, uh, condemn certain people that commit certain sins that, you know, they just want to commit, uh, uh, condemn them to death, and we ought to be judge, jury, and executioner on this stuff. Let me tell you, that's not right either. Amen? Yes, Listen, sir. the Bible tells us, um, uh, as far as the fact that God is the judge, God has the last say. Listen, folks, it's not my job to go out and be judge, jury, and executioner. But I will say this, it is my job to find out what the Bible says and stand with God right. on, on a subject like this. Yes, so that's what we're going to do tonight. Amen? And I don't think anybody in this congregation preaching like this would make you nervous. Amen? But you know what? If it does, then guess what? You need to be made a little nervous. Amen? Right. Because let me tell you something, folks. We've got to stick with God and His Word right. on this thing. So here we go. Let's look at it from the Bible tonight. Let me give you some things. What does the Bible say about the sin of homosexuality? I actually like using this term because it's a Bible term and it really ticks them off. What does the sin say about sodomy? Biblical term, amen? So that's what I'm going to use tonight. Here we go. Number one, sodomy is labeled in the Bible as an abomination against God. Take your Bibles because that's what we're going to look at tonight. Back uh, to Leviticus chapter 18. Oh, you can't use the Old Testament to, to uh, talk about stuff like this. Let me just remind you of all of something, okay? All right? The Old Testament is not obsolete. 
Amen. Amen. Right. Just because we're living in the New Testament age, all right, doesn't mean every word in the Old Testament doesn't matter anymore. Okay? Listen, that again, that all kinds of crazy mindsets people have about the Bible and the Word of God. Now, I understand there's certain things that Jesus fulfilled. By the way, the Bible said Jesus didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill the law. Amen? And there's certain things that because Jesus fulfilled does not apply to us anymore. Like I keep saying, we're talking about on Thursday night. Aren't you glad you didn't have to come to church this morning with a goat under your arm or a lamb under your arm or leading a cow through the door? Aren't you glad there wasn't a big brazen altar up here? And we had to come and slay the animals and burn the sacrifice. I'm glad we don't have to do that anymore, man. But just because Jesus fulfilled the law in those things doesn't mean everything in the Old Testament is obsolete. It's still the Word of God. And let me just remind you something. If God uh, uh, thought about something back then, He still thinks about it today because God is immutable. He does not change, amen. And especially when it comes to things of morality. God doesn't change his mind about moral things just because it's, you know, we're 4,000 years removed from the giving of the law. Right. Listen, if God said it was wrong then, it's wrong today. Right. Amen? Right. So here we go. Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. Here's what he says. Thou shalt not. Now, it's technically not part of the Ten Commandments per se, although the, there is a, a Ten Commandment that covers morality, all right? But this is just as much a thou shalt not as the ones found in the Ten Commandments. Amen? Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Right. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall, under Israeli law, surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Let me just remind you something, church. When you hear that word abomination, your ears better perk up, you better take notes. Abomination is the, the highest form of an English word that we have in our King James Bible that God hates something and detests something. Alright? If hatred is here for God, abomination is way up here. There's not a higher word God uses of how much He detests something when you see the word abomination. Let me just encourage you. Listen, you ought to read the, uh, you ought to study that out. You ought to go through, find out what the Bible says in abomination, and not be a part of it. Amen? And you know what God says is labeled on that abomination list? The sin of sodomy. Amen? So, sodomy is labeled in the Bible as an abomination against God. I don't care what the, the supposed religious crowd of the day says. I don't care what the political crowd says. I don't care what all the judges and all the lawyers say. I'm concerned about what the judge of the universe says. Amen? Right. And he says it's an abomination. Yes, amen. And if God says it, then it's still true now. Yes, Number two, sodomy is soundly condemned as wicked, grievous, and sinful. Let me tell you a passage of the Bible they hate. Let's go there. Genesis chapter 13. Amen? You know where I'm going with this. Genesis chapter 13. This is, of course, God's estimation of this sin that was going on back in Abraham's day and Lot's day. And here's what God had to say about it in Genesis 13, 13. All right? Here's what He says. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord. Look at that next word. Exceedingly. Okay? It wasn't just sin and wickedness, folks. It was exceeding sin and wickedness. They were in their face flaunting this before God. 
By the way, you ever thought to yourself and then wondered, why is this sin so wicked and grievous before God? Because it goes against the very uh, natural nature of how God created the difference between men and women. Right. It go, it, it, it's a shake your fist in the face of God's sin. God, we don't like how you created this. We don't like how you established this. And we're going to pervert it and shake our fist in your face by being a part of it. That is what God considers that kind of sin. It's exceeding, amen, grievous and wicked. We see in Genesis chapter 18, verse 21 and 22, this is when God is having a conversation with Abraham, the Lord. Jesus in his, in his uh, earthly uh, form here appears to Abraham and they're having a conversation. And here's what he says, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces and from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Listen, folks. God knows what's going on. He pays attention about what's going on. And He knows exactly what's happening. Okay, amen. You see what it said there? And I, whether they have done, and, and if not, I will know. By the way, it's interesting here. He talks about how the, the cry of it came up unto Him. You know, folks, there's certain things. Listen, get this view of God, this pie-in-the-sky view of God out of your mind. But God's some old man sitting up in a rocking chair somewhere with a long white beard, you know, sitting there and just absentmindedly doesn't have a clue what's going on. Nothing could be further from the truth. God knows everything that's going on. And there are certain things the Bible talks about, and you can chase it through the Scripture, that, that, that are certain things that come up before God. By the way, all the way back there when Cain murdered Abel, you know what you, or, or, you, know what you find out? The cries of the innocent go up before God. The blood of the innocent cry out to the ground to God. I wonder what God looks at when He sees America. As the blood of the innocents flow through our land, God hears that cry. Amen? According to this verse, God hears the cry of, of sin and perversion come up before Him. I wonder what God sees and hears when He looks at America. Amen? And not just America, but the world itself. And so this sin, folks, is, is a, it's condemned as wicked, grievous, and sinful. And then in uh, Genesis 18.20, again, he says this, because their sin is very grievous. Now listen, folks, I get it. Sin is sin. Amen? I mean, uh, one sin, it doesn't matter. One sin will condemn us to hell as sinners. Okay? We understand that. And that's why we need the blood of uh, Jesus Christ to forgive us uh, of our sin. And I understand, folks, that sin is sin, but there are certain sins that have higher degrees. Amen? And this is one of them. It's very grievous before God. You say, why is that? Well, the New Testament teaches us that when you involve yourself in sins of immorality, you sin against your own body. Right. And I'm going to tell you right. something, folks. That's a dangerous place to be. Number three, what else do, does the Bible say about it? We see this. God has poured out divine judgment, erasing cities from existence because of the sin of sodomy. Genesis chapter 13. Let's go there. We're back in Genesis and again, you know this uh, uh, story before. It's not an uh, uncommon story because we preach about it before. But I want you to notice here, where again, this is a very biblical message here. Genesis chapter 13, beginning in verse 10. Verse 10. I'm going to read just a couple verses here, and then we'll go to Genesis chapter 19. He says this, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zor. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, 
And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan. Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So we see here God talking about a historical account of how before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And by the way, that right there, those verses right there are outlined in and of themselves. Man, you could talk about Lot, how he lifted up his eyes. It started with a look, and before, before long after that look, he started pitching his tent toward, and before long he was dwelling in, then he was sitting in the gate in. I'm going to tell you, I think Brother Martin preached about it. I'm not going to re-preach all that, those truths, but folks, I'm going to tell you, it's a slippery slope once you start Put, put your eyes toward things that God says you, you shouldn't be putting your eyes toward. Amen? And you start justifying in your mind certain things. Listen, folks, there, there, there is Christians that used to stand against this. They used to think it. There are preachers that used to preach against it that are now involved in it. You know what it began with? Lifting up your eyes toward it. Yeah, right. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, that's how slippery and deceitful the devil is. And that's why we've got to stick with God and His Word on these things. Yes, Genesis chapter 19, go over there. Verse 1 through 5. Genesis chapter 19, verse 1 through 5. <clears throat> and there came two angels to Sodom in the evening. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your way. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast, and did bacon leavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, could pass the house round about, both old and young. That's not an accident either, folks. Old and young. You know why they were young? Because the old was recruiting, that's why. You know why they were young? Because parents aren't teaching their kids the things they need to learn. You know why they were young? Because parents, for a warm-up for what's coming later, all right, are allowing their children to be in the presence of and participate in and glorify this kind of stuff. Old and young. And all the people from every quarter. And they called him the lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into this night? Bring them out to us that we may know them. And again, I'm very careful what I say here, but there, there was some wicked stuff talked about right here. Wicked stuff. And that's what was happening here. I mean, here were these angels and these strangers. And man, all they could be driven by was their lustful perversion, these people of Sodom. And then we see in, down in verse 24 of chapter 19. And you know what? God gave them every opportunity. God tried to save the city. Had there been ten righteous people, God would have spared the city. Again, that's a message in and of itself. Amen? The importance of we as Christians living a righteous life. We're a preserving factor of the nation. Amen? None of that happened. So we see, verse 24, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom, upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. By the way, folks, people try to discount these verses. Oh, they're metaphorical, blah, 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 blah. Really, okay? Well, go to this geographical location called the Dead Sea. And you know what you find out, folks? That that place is, um, is so inhabitable, and, and, and they tell us historically that's exactly where Sodom and Gomorrah was at. Amen? And you know what? God erased this society from existence because of that sin. Amen? Because of that sin. What else do we see in the Bible? We see this. The removing of the Sodomites from the land. 
was a key ingredient of revival for the nation of Israel. Go to First First Kings chapter fifteen. First Kings chapter fifteen. We see this also in First Kings chapter twenty-two and Second Kings chapter twenty-three. We find different kings. But you know what? Thank God they they uh, decided to pursue after God. They decided to be like David, their father, and try to get the nation back on track. In 1 Kings 15, was a man named Asa. In 1 Kings 22, it was a man named Jehoshaphat. In 2 Kings chapter 23, uh, it was um, uh, Hilkiah, the priest of that day, uh, who were, were trying to get the country back to God. And here's what it says, 1 Kings chapter 15. And verse 11, And Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David his father. Now it's interesting, when revival broke out, and they did right in the eyes of the Lord, here's one of the first things that happened. And he took away the Sodomites out of the land, and removed all the idols that his father had made. Now listen to me, okay? Uh, uh, again, I understand Israel was a ruling class, okay? Uh, this was the king here, this was the, the political uh, head here. But you know what you find? The precedence of when people get right with God, they have the right view of this sin. That's right. The right view of this sin. And you know what? It was removed from the nation. And by the way, once that stuff got removed, God then was able to send revival. You don't have to turn there. Let me just read this to you. First Kings 22. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat and his might that he showed him how he warred. Are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And the remnant of the Sodomites which remained in the days of his father Asa, he took out of the land. He took them out. They were gone. You know why? Because they wanted to experience revival. Experience revival, experience the pleasing of God. Now again, folks, think about this. This was God's people here. Wasn't the world? God's people. God's people tolerated this sin in their life. Now listen, folks, I understand what we live in today, okay? I understand the constitution of our country protects the freedoms of people. Listen, we're not the nation of Israel. I'm not trying to say we are. Okay, I'm not trying to say that, you know, it's our job to go and expel the the sodomites from the community. That's not our job. But I will say this. We ought to keep our lives right about this area. God's people ought to be right about this area. And I can tell you this. You know what? Uh, Now, 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 again, let me preface some things because we need to hear this. All right. Anybody is is welcome to walk through that door. Anybody's welcome. If they're willing to come in and not disrupt the service, and they want to hear truth, I don't care what walk of life they're from. We preached on it this morning, right? Publicans and sinners. Any sinners are allowed to walk through that door. You better be glad for that, because you and I will walk through tonight. Amen? Listen, we don't keep people from walking through the door of the church. Now, we will keep people from causing problems in the church. By the way, the church is private property. Okay, If somebody wants to come in here and cause a ruckus, and, and disrupt the service, and not sit and listen and want to participate, we have every legal right to remove them from the property. And by the way, we're not afraid to do it. Okay? I mean, that's why we have trained security personnel. Okay? And we, we go through training every year to know how to handle certain situations. So listen, I'm not saying we don't want people... Listen, I, I hope folks that are maybe are involved in this sin, that God would work on their heart. By the way, God does save people out of this sin. Oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of them that get saved out of this sin. So let me tell you what the opposite view of this is. Oh, no, they're involved in that. I don't want to look at them. I don't want to have anything to do with them. we got to be careful, amen? Because let me tell you, folks, God loves sinners. 
Amen? And so you know what? If somebody's in, involved in that sin and they want to walk through this door and uh, participate in the service and do so without causing a derupt, uh, an interruption, they're welcome here. Amen? They're welcome here. But, you know what? There's, By the way, it, it, uh, our Constitution clearly says this based upon the Word of God. Nobody can be a member here that's involved in that sin. But the Constitution says. Amen? People uh, that are openly involved in that kind of stuff are not allowed to be members of, this, of the church. Why? Because of what the Word of God says. Now listen, I'm not saying we don't love people. We do love people. I'm not saying we shouldn't be rescuing sinners. We ought to be rescuing sinners. But we're going to draw the right lines. Amen? And listen, folks, we've got to stay balanced on this issue. So the remo removing of the Sodomites from the land was a key ingredient of revival for the nation of Israel. What else do we see here in the Bible? Toleration of sodomy by Israel as listed as one of the reasons that Israel was defeated by heathen kings and taken into captivity. Take your Bibles, 1 Kings chapter 14. 1 Kings chapter 14. Again, folks, listen to me. This is a biblical message. Amen? It's a biblical message that we need to be grounded biblically on. 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 22 and 24. The Bible says this, And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins which they had committed above all that their fathers had done. For they also built them high places and images and groves on every high hill and under every green tree. By the way, listen, I know we read these things and we don't know the historical context behind all this. But when Israel did that, okay, when the Bible says they built high places and images and groves of every high hill under every green tree, you know what that meant? They were worshiping uh, uh, false little g-gods. That's what that means. And by the way, they were worshiping not just the, you know, the, 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 the image of it. They were worshiping the demonic deity behind it. That's what they were worshiping. The, these little G, false little G gods, which truth be told, uh, were, were uh, demonic spirits behind these little G gods. And Israel, instead of worshiping the true God, the God who has done everything for them, they started worshiping these false little G gods who all they were were deceptive spirits. Amen? And that's what that's talking about when you read that in the Old Testament. Notice what else it says. And there were also sodomites in the land, and they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. I mean, all the things God warned them not to be involved in, you know, it's almost like if God said not to, they're going to do it. I mean, isn't that isn't it amazing, you know? Our sinful nature, okay? You know, you can eat of every tree, a whole garden. It's all yours except this one. And which one did they eat from? I mean, it's like you tell your kids, you can do this, you can do that, don't do this. Guess what they're going to try to do? I mean, folks, it's our stinking, wicked, fallen nature. If God says no, then we've got to try to be involved in it. If God said yes, we don't want to be involved in it. What's wrong with us? Amen? But Israel here, they, um, they involved themselves in that. And folks, not only was it the, their heathen a worship of idols and of these, these false little g-gods and all that stuff, it was all, it's not an accident that was listed in there that, they, that they, they tolerated the sodomites in the land. Okay? How about that word, tolerance? Oh, yeah. Oh, we get tolerance, you know, and all this and all that. Well, again, folks, I'm not saying we ought to go beyond what the Bible says we ought to do. But all I'm saying is, as Christians, we better have the right mindset about this. And mainly, folks, the mi mindset I'm talking about is not letting it permeate our personal lives and taking a stand on areas where we need to take a stand on. And then according to what we read, 
tonight in Romans chapter 1, we find that homosexuality, sodomy, is the last stop on the road to becoming a reprobate. Well, again, it's a process here. And we atheism, evolution, immorality, humanism. By the way, do you not think all this stuff is an agenda? Do you not think all this stuff is, is being taught for a reason in our public school system and other places, our society, our cartoons? I mean, folks, listen to me. I've said this before. I'm going to sound another warning about it. You do what you want. I don't come into your house and tell you what to do. But you are crazy as a parent if you let your kids watch modern-day TV and cartoons. You are nuts. Let me tell you, Disney has turned into nothing but a breeding ground for the sodomite lifestyle. That's exactly, they are pushing it. By the way, they're starting to fill the pinch on their pennies, too, and they ought to. Amen? That's wicked as hell. I used to be considered wholesome entertainment. Not anymore. they got to cram this garbage down people's throats. Amen? And listen, you know how we fight against it? By not being a part of it. Okay? Listen to me. Don't be a part of it. My family and I are getting ready to go on vacation. We're going to Florida. I tell you one place we're not going. <laughs> Anything with the word owned by Disney. That's right. Ain't happening. I'm not supporting that. Right. Amen. And so uh, the, the the sin of homosexuality is the last stop on the road. And by the way, you know where a reprobate ends at? Boom. Judgment. Judgment. And folks, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when the judgment of God has fallen on this nation. Listen, we 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 will not, as, as, as God's people, we will not withhold judgment from America. We can postpone, but we will not withhold. Now listen, I want to withhold it as long as I can. Amen? I don't want it to happen in my lifetime. I don't want it to happen in my kids' lifetime. I don't want it to happen in my grandkids' lifetime. But listen, folks, at one point, judgment is coming to this land. You know why? Because we violated God and His Word. That's why. And listen, if God did it then, He's going to do it now. Right. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, we've got to, as Christians, take our stand. By the way, we can, we, can, we can be loving and take a stand. By the way, you know the best thing you can do for somebody you're trying to help? Tell them the truth. Okay? I mean, listen, folks, if you know, I, I use this illustration all the time. If you know a path that someone uh, is on is going to lead them to, to absolute annihilation, who are we to not try to warn them? I mean, come on, folks, if you know there's a bridge out, okay, and, 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 and you, you, got, you, you figured it out, the bridge was out, and you're driving back the other way, and you see a car speeding 100 mile an hour past you, aren't you going to try to flash your light to do something? Maybe if you see them coming, get out and start waving and say, wait, stop, don't go there, don't go there. And by as Christians, by believing what the Bible says about this and taking stands in our lives and, and trying to get the gospel out, you know what we're doing? We're waving our arms in love and say, don't go there. That road ends in judgment. Yeah. And listen, we got to do that as Christians. So yeah, should we have a stand against this sin? You better believe it. Amen? But you know the best way we can stand is by getting the gospel out and not letting it change our lives. Amen? And standing where the Word of God tells us to stand. And listen, Again, folks, this is not going to get better. This is not going away. I just want you to know that. In fact, there may come a day where very, very soon could, where it's illegal to preach messages like I just preached tonight. Hate speech. Listen, our neighbors to the north, all right, right here, missionary family. You know what? It's going on in Canada. Okay? I mean, there's certain things that you can maybe preach in your church or whatever. I don't know. I've never been there. I've never preached there. But, I mean, it gets out, and you could literally go to jail for stuff like this. Listen, if you don't think that's coming to America, are you kidding me? I mean, do you understand what our leadership is right now? 
I mean, the, our leadership, it's bent on the destruction of this country. Right. Yep. Bent on the destruction of this yes, country. Sir. They are they are on purpose doing things to, I believe, tick off God in such a way. I think it's part of all the satanic plan. Amen. To get and listen, folks, that's why that's what what was going on in the days of um of, uh, of Balaam the prophet. He couldn't get God to curse Israel. So he told Balak what to do so that God would have to judge his own people. And I believe that's what's going on. They're provoking God by the things going on in this country. Yes, sir. And let me tell you, we as Christians are the last hope of this nation. We are the salt and light that's got to stand. And this is an area we ought to be standing on. Amen? Yes. All right, let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for the word of God.